Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, the third chapter. I gave up all that interior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. May we receive a blessing in the hearing of these holy words. If you are the kind of person who likes paradox, who likes contradiction, then St. Paul is your guy. These last four weeks, we've been hearing St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, the church in Philippi, and he's writing from prison. He is, um, he did what God called him to do, and he got arrested for it, and he is in prison, and prison was not a pleasant place, and he suffered. We know there's a hearing coming up. He doesn't know, is he going to be released? Is he going to be executed? And he is joyful in this letter. We hear this This letter that is so full of joy, it almost makes you feel like dancing. He's joyful and it's wonderful and there's all this positivity. That is a paradox. Paul's story should lead, it seems to me, would lead to sorrow and sadness and worry. And instead, Paul is joyful and courageous and his eye is on the goal And he says, I am off and running, and I am not turning back. The goal is Jesus. Now, some of us have heard this language about the goal being Jesus. But we are given imagery that is less than wonderful. Kind of almost looks like suffering. We're told your choices are Jesus or hell. You follow Jesus or you go to hell, which is actually not doesn't say a lot for Jesus. So think of the worst thing ever, and Jesus is slightly better. I mean, that's not great. That's not what Paul is talking about. Paul's like the other end of the spectrum. Paul is full of joy. He's not avoiding hell. He is running for heaven. And it is wonderful. And he is off, and he is running, and he is not turning back. And he wants his life to just be filled with everything about Christ. 
He wants to hear about Christ. He wants to spend time with other Christ followers. He wants to be with Christ. He wants, he wants his life to be like Christ. He even wants to suffer like Christ. His enthusiasm for Jesus is so complete that he wants all of it. He wants the good and the bad. He wants to be a partner even in Christ's suffering because he wants to be a partner in Christ's resurrection. And you know, we know what that feels like, Christian or not. We have relationships in our life where our enthusiasm for another person is so complete that we want all of it. And in our weddings, we make those vows to our partner. Our enthusiasm is so much that we say, I want, I want my whole life with you. The good times and the bad times, the sickness and the health, the wealth and the poverty. And we're willing to live with those up and down parts of life because we want all of it. So we know what it feels like to have so much enthusiasm for a person, where our enthusiasm is so complete that we want all of life with them. Parenting is getting drawn into that enthusiasm for another person so complete that we want all of it where we want the smiles and the cuddles and the little giggles but we also want to be there we want to be the one in the middle of the night when they're sick and when they're they're suffering and and we want the 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 dirty diapers we want to be there even for the eye rolling we don't want a lot of eye rolling, but, but we want that kind of completeness. So we know, was there some eye rolling? <laughs> we know what St. Paul is talking about, about wanting with, with enthusiasm so complete that we want all of life. That's how Paul feels about Jesus. He says, I want even the suffering. I want the resurrection, but I want all of it. And Paul chooses Jesus. Because the worst day with Christ is better than the best day without Christ. The worst day with Christ is better than the best day without Christ. So Paul gets to be with Jesus. And his worst days are fabulous. He gives his total commitment to Christ. He gives that total commitment that looks like courage. It feels like joy. Even the courage to be first. Our life of discipleship, our life of following Christ, follows those same patterns of St. Paul. We want to hear about Christ. We want to be with other Christ followers. We want our life to be with Christ. We want, we want to partner with Christ. We want to model our life after Christ, even suffer like Christ, because it is with Christ. And our enthusiasm is so complete that we want to be part of it. The good days and the bad days, the ways the suffering that even leads to death itself because we know resurrection is on the other side. 
It looks like courage. It feels like joy. Even the courage to be first. Now I will tell you as I sat down to write this sermon, the news of that building collapse had just come in. And I knew it was Dennis's company. It was Dennis's company. He spent decades building that up. And now the worst thing that can happen to a business owner happened. People were hurt. They had to wonder, were there any members of his family killed? He lost his brother. But in a small company, everyone is friends. Even those not in your family, their death is such a heartache. Dennis is a compassionate, responsible person. He gives his life for others. And I had to assume that this was a horrific experience for him. Anyone in leadership, anyone in management, when things go really badly, you look for did I make a mistake? Did I miss something? I mean, I know I'm full of shoulda, woulda, coulda. Dennis owned that company. He had the courage to be first to lead that company in ways that was life-giving to the community and to his employees. And now the weight was crushing down on him. And my heart broke. And then my phone rang and John called and said, Ruth died last night. How could, I, how could I preach about joy and about courage when my heart was breaking? And then I remembered St. Paul, so full of paradox and contradiction. St. Paul was writing these words of joy from prison. Paul planted churches all over the Mediterranean. He preached the gospel. He formed people in ministry. He led them. He lifted them up to lead these churches. Did any of those people get arrested for preaching? Did any of them get sent to prison? Did any of them suffer? Did Paul wonder, did I do it right? Is their suffering my fault? Was Paul ever full of shoulda, woulda, coulda? I think Paul is wiser than we give him credit for. Because his writing is so emotionally charged. It's dramatic. With Paul, things are wonderful, and they are terrible, and then they are joyful. And, you know, that drama sounds a little di different life stage than the middle age or older that he probably was. So I think that we don't give him credit for this deep wisdom that he had. Paul had a wisdom that releases joy. Paul knew about the spiritual discipline of detachment. Detachment from things, detachment from circumstances, detachment from position, even detachment from suffering. We attach to things or to position, and then we think that's who we are. We think that our work 
is what we are. And then when we lose our work, we don't know who we are. Or we think our grades are who we are, and if we don't have good grades, then am I a failure? We, we think our looks are who we are, and then when we lose our works, we lose our looks, is there anything of value left? We think our wealth is who we are, and then when we lose it, we feel like nothing. I think we even think our opinions are who we are. And if we lose those, then we are weak. None of that is true. None of that is true. What is true is that every one of us is created in the image and likeness of God. And no position, no money, no health improves that or degrades it. The spiritual journey is to let go of attachments that are not us. Let go of attachment to things. Paul had done that. He'd left all his stuff when he entered prison and when he went on his missionary journeys. Paul had left, had um, let go of his attachment to position. Paul was a Pharisee. That's an important position. He had let go of his attachment to knowledge. Paul says, if anyone knows the law, I knew the law. He let go of that. He even let go of health and physical safety. He let go of all of that. When we let go of that, like St. Paul, we are released for connection to the one thing that is real. And that is Christ. That is God who builds us up, who created us so good and so gifted. And having let go, our eyes focus on the goal, focus on Christ. And then we are off and running like St. Paul, not turning back. It looks like courage. It feels like joy. I had a lesson in attachment, in detachment on my trip. Uh, to Spain. When we arrived in Spain, from getting from the airport on the metro into Barcelona, my phone was stolen. So, I'd been awake now for 25 hours, which makes you a little crazy. No phone in a city I don't know, in a language I know a little bit, but not great. And it was okay. We're so used to having our phones all the time. Even setting them down for a second. You feel like you've lost part of who you are. Because you want to check it all the time. And it's your connection and how you know stuff. And, and I went days and days without a phone. And after a few days I realized, with my eyes not on the phone, I was looking at what was around me more. I was noticing people. I was noticing where I was at. I was more fully present to a place I had traveled across the world to see. There was gift in that detachment. And the truth is, my travel companion had her phone, so it's not like it was that bad. St. <laughs> Paul had deep wisdom. 
He knew how to let go of attachment, even attachment to his circumstances, like the being in prison and like his own suffering. And letting go of that, he was freed for connection to Christ. And that happens to us when we let go. It frees us for this joy of following Christ. And when we do that, we become filled with joy like Paul was. We become filled with gratitude like Paul was. We become filled with faith like Paul was. And God gives us courage to be first. Courage to be extraordinary. Courage to be first is really about the courage to be honest. Honest about who we are. We are created in the image and likeness of God. Our giftedness comes from God. Our love, our compassion, it comes from God. And that is extraordinary. And so we dare to be extraordinary. The extraordinary people we are because God made us that way. We dare to make our gifts known, to share them with the world. We dare to stand up on behalf of others. We dare to let our hearts break for others. We dare to to face evil, to stand up to injustice. We dare to be a disciple, to be a Christ follower. And in doing that, we get to watch God transform the world through us. And so, filled with this courage that feels like joy, that is this life of following Christ, we become might become an advocate for others using your voice, using your position, your knowledge, your privilege on behalf of others. In this courage to be first, you you may become the leader of an organization that serves others, using your wisdom and knowledge and encouragement to build up your community. You may become an evangelist going first to share your faith, to tell people about this this Christ who is so wonderful that it looks like courage, but it feels like joy. You might, in your daring to be extraordinary, run for elected office, become an elected official, and use your wisdom and compassion for good governance. You might be the one who stands up to bullying, who changes the situations that make bullying possible. God gives you courage, and then God wastes no time in using your courage to transform the world. God works through you. God works through your life of discipleship, changing the world in small ways and in big ways, but always in God's way. And so Christian life, like St. Paul's, it looks like a paradox. It looks like a contradiction. Death leads to life. Suffering leads to joy. Sorrow leads to meaning. Letting go leads to connection. And so we let go. We let go of attachment 
to those things that don't deliver on their promises. The guns don't keep us safe. Money doesn't make us happy. Good looks don't make us feel good about ourselves. Position doesn't make us more important than others. We let go of those and we turn to the connection with Christ, to connection with God, our eye on the goal, God beckoning us onward. And it's so good, we become so enthusiastic that we want this complete life, not turning back this courage to be first. This week, what do you need to let go of? Where are those things that you think give you security or happiness that just can't deliver? What do you need to let go of? And then how are you moving your eyes to Christ, running off and running and not turning back? And then feel that courage that Christ gives you, that courage that actually feels like joy. The courage to be gracious, the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to be last, even the courage to be first. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you beckon us onward to a joy that fills our life like it filled Paul's. Lord, show us the joy in the race, the joy of running towards you, the the joy of eyes on you. And Lord, give us that courage, the courage to be first, the courage to be your hands and feet and voice in the world, transforming this world in your good mission. We pray this all in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.